Hey, it's Chef Carla, and welcome to Cooking is a New Healthy. This podcast is about how we cook, how we eat, and how we show up in our real lives. If you don't know me, I'm a food stylist, photographer, health coach, and mama. I'm also the founder of Cook and Chop Online Cooking School. I am most active on Instagram. You can find me at Chef Carla underscore C. Today's guest is Kat Kim. I have been waiting to talk to her for ages, literally ages. We met in an entrepreneurship group and I love her radical honesty and her light that she shines in the world. I'm going to let her tell you how she shows up in the world and how she brings such incredible truth and honesty to everything she does. Oh, thank you, Carla. So good to be here. Uh, my name is Kat Kim, and I am a licensed spiritual practitioner. I am a workshop leader, and I'm founder of the School of Divine Confidence, where I provide spiritual training and confidence coaching to nonconformist spiritual seekers, misfits, and emerging leaders. And um, I would say that my heart is with my nonconformists, misfits fits, the people who don't fit in anywhere, who've always tried to fit into what people call normal society, but they just really never have, yet they know in their bones that they're here to do something important. Like that is my crowd. And, and that's, who, that's who I am. <laughs> um, so that's who I love, love, love to serve. So incredible. I'm going to ask you some food questions. Yeah. And we have talked food. We've actually specifically, you are Korean and we've talked Korean food a number of times in my, in my Instagram DM. And I would love to ask you what is or what was your last meal? Mm -hmm. And I also want to say that at the time of recording this, we're in COVID-19. So some of these food questions may be different than what you would normally answer. Sure. I am obsessed with this tea called uncommon tea. If y'all oh, are listening yeah. to this, look it up. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I have heard not tried it. Oh, their teas are amazing. They are so brilliant with the way they name their teas and, and the flavors are just, they're really, really, really unique. I mean, there's one called civil disobedience and there's one, I, mean, I don't remember their names are just so I love great. it. Oh, I mean, the, the whole packaging too is absolutely brilliant. I'm obsessed with their teas and I have, that was my last um, meal. <laughs> <laughs> so what I put in it though is I put um, um, MCT oil and I put a teaspoon of MCT oil and a teaspoon of um, heavy whipping cream and I and Ooh. I whip it up and it's it's like a dessert and it is actually a meal so it keeps me it keep, gets me alert and it keeps me going um, for the first part of the day. I um, love that. Oh yes, I really encourage all of y'all to check out that that site, Uncommon Tea. Uh, in regards to my relationship with food, I, as you probably know, Carla, I've struggled with addiction my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, my mother f started feeding me diet pills when I was six years old, and I, that was like the beginning of a lifelong struggle of low self confidence, horrible body image, horrible relationship with food. Um, and I, you know, I started smoking and drinking when I was 13. I got into hardcore drugs when I was mm -hmm. 16. 
went to jail for dealing cocaine. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I did it all, but my, my whole um, life for the most part has been about, you know, struggling through uh, um, addiction and my codependency on um, stimulants. You yeah. know, first it was hardcore drugs. I stopped drinking. I stopped um, doing drugs. I, I, I got clean. But, um, you know, more recently, I realized that I had an addiction to sugar. Mm -hmm. And I could feel my body react to even small traces of sugar. So, so in the last few years, I've been just consciously, not like hardcore or anything, I've just consciously been removing um, sugar and refined yeah. carbs um, um, very slowly. And I'm pretty much, I don't, I don't consume any of it now. So um, I, that's like, that's like, it sounds really boring, but that's what my food intake is like. And that's also, yeah, and it, it does work. And um, I, you know, I also come from a background of um, bodybuilding and, you know, bikini competitions and all that stuff where I was told that I had to eat six times a day and all of that. And um, mm -hmm. I doesn't, I learned that that actually doesn't work for me because, because I am an entrepreneur. I work um, very intensely during the day and to yeah. prepare those meals and to stop actually disrupted my flow. So I stopped doing that. So now I only have one or two meals and I'm perfectly okay with it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So that's what your typical day. So that was one of my questions. That's what your typical day inter looks like in terms of food. It's like one or two meals. Yeah. One or two meals. Like I might have a small meal at um, two or 3 PM. Yeah. And then, and then I have my um, big workout and then I have my big meal um, after that around seven. And then I'm like, I'm so satisfied and that's it. It blows my mind too, because I was really trained mm -hmm. and conditioned to think I need to eat right away as soon as I wake up and have another meal two hours later and another. Um, but it, I don't do it anymore. And it saves me so much time and grocery bills. Yeah. <laughs> so much time, so much energy, so much grocery bills. I assume yeah. so. Yeah. Because yeah. That MTC oil too, I want to touch on that in case anybody doesn't know about it. Um, mm -hmm. It completely keeps you full yes. longer in the morning. So I'm a smoothie person yeah. and I will either put a spoon of MTC oil, a spoon of, I will do nut butter or I'll do coconut oh. oil, which is also, yeah. so it's like the fat. So if people don't know yeah. about this, it's the fat that sustains the energy in the body. And that's by adding it to the tea. I wanted to like break that down for people that didn't know. Cool. MCT. MCT. Yeah. MCT keeps you, yeah. it keeps you full very long and it's also sustained energy for your body. So if anybody was interested in trying that, you could add that to the tea like cat or add it to a smoothie or any other liquid drink and it totally it's like magic works. yep it's like magic i'm like what 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 is this liquid magic yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's really part it's like a ritual now for me to have that um tea so yeah. the tea itself is so delicious and then with the mct oil and just a teaspoon i don't even need a, a tablespoon just a teaspoon yeah. of um, heavy whipping cream and it's yeah. so it's creamy oh and it, it i can feel it's like sustenance it's hard to believe. And I had a hard time believing when I first heard about it. It took me yeah. a while to get on um, that bandwagon, but, yeah. but it actually, um, it, it's, I become very alert. I'm able to focus and um, I don't have to take these long breaks to eat or do anything. So I'm, I'm all about it, but I know that, you know, you probably hear 
every entrepreneur has their own thing and, and there's no right or wrong, you know? There is no right or wrong. It's what works for you and what works for your body. And yeah. I think that the most interesting thing about having this podcast and having this conversations is that everyone can learn from each other and take like tips and tricks. And also it's about sharing. It's just literally about sh us sharing how we function day to day because sometimes entrepreneurship, we see like people, um, and I come from a very heavy Instagram world. We'll see people on the beach. We'll see yoga. We'll see this, we'll see that, but we don't see these like nitty gritty behind the scene details. Yeah. And that's why I love to ask these food questions so that it, it really just makes us human. Yeah. 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 The other thing about me and food is, um, I think I mentioned it before we had to start over. <laughs> our podcast. Yes, this is the second time we are doing this <laughs> podcast because I had forgotten to press record. Um, and this podcast, I will say it's completely unedited and it's yeah. literally just us chatting, but yeah, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Sorry to call you out there, but I, I, it's no. funny to tell. <laughs> I, think I think it's amazing. And I think it's amazing to bring the realness to it. Yeah, totally. Um, one thing I was, I said in, in our previous um, trial was that I, I hate the grocery store, you guys. <laughs> I know. Carla's like her mouth, her jaw. Open. I know. Because uh, I, I like relationship with that Korean grocery store. Oh my God. I can't, I can't. And I was saying that you definitely know how to cook more Korean food than I do hands down. Um, and I don't like being in the kitchen. I don't like cooking. So, um, I, what I, my way of having meals is to food prep big time. Yeah. So I will bake loads of chicken. Um, and then I will freeze it. And then, you know, bring it out on, mm -hmm. on a, you know, every few days when I'm ready to eat it. Or, I mean, I just do everything in batches. I've and seen you do batches, like batches of broccoli. Batches of broccoli. I do like a shit ton of broccoli. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But I've replaced all my carbs, um, like my refined carbs with broccoli. And I love, I love roasted vegetables. Yeah. And so that's like... Um, my way of I don't know it's, it just gives me life I, and I don't get tired of it at all and because I only have like one major meal um, a day it, it's it's like it's it's okay it, it works it works for you yeah it totally works <laughs> I love it I love seeing your tray of broccoli like that makes me so happy <laughs> trays yeah, I have trays, trays, of trays of broccoli all right yeah I am going to ask you, this is, I love chatting about food, but I also love giving people actionable tips for their life. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you, I ask every guest three actionable tips that people can take away for how they can show up in their lives. And then we're going to ask them to do one of those tips. And I'm curious, like, I am so curious about what your tips are and how we can apply them to our lives. Um, because of what you do for a living. Like, I am just so, I'm ready for you to drop knowledge on me. <laughs> okay. So before we get into that, I, I, what I think is really important, especially during this time, um, is to talk about these larger social issues. They are clearly unavoidable yep. right now. Okay. 
And some, uh, I wrote an essay about um, some, uh, I, I call it consumer spirituality and I call mm -hmm. it the new cultural addiction. And consumer spirituality is essentially the marriage between consumerism and spirituality. And it pretty much just um, teaches us how to be better consumers, you know, while at the same time inadvertently perpetuating like the really often dominating and oppressive structures of consumer capitalism. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was like preaching and teaching this type of consumer spirituality, which is all about, oh, you know, what do you want for your life? You know, the perfect body, the perfect house, the perfect relationship. All you have to do is think positive thoughts and you're going to get that. And I realized, um, and I had this major like um, existential crisis when I came across this. And I realized yeah. that consumer spirituality, it's, it's like, um, it's actually really dangerous. And it does four things. And in my essay, I talk about this one, it, it, um, it appropriates and commodifies ancient spiritual teachings. Yeah. So we cherry pick the positive aspects of, um, of other spiritual traditions mm -hmm. and we package them and we sell them. Um, so they're palatable and easily consumed by the Western world. Yes. Um, two, it promotes self-interest and personal development over all else. So spirituality is offered not as a way to alleviate collective suffering um, and create social change, but as a way to become more um, personally comfortable and ah. yeah, um, um, efficient and, mm -hmm. and wealthy, right? Yeah. And the third thing consumer spirituality does is it teaches us to be relentlessly positive and to seek pleasant emotional experiences at all costs. So <laughs> well, like if, and the people are listening to this, so they're not seeing my face drop, but yeah. wow. And we're yeah. going to link this. We're going to link this in the show notes so that people yeah. can read it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, natural, human emotions like anger, grief, sadness, rage, all of those um, uncomfortable human emotions are labeled as low vibe mm -hmm. and negative, and they are cast as the opposite of spiritual enlightenment. Like, as I'm saying this, I want you guys to think about like how often, um, I mean, as I've participated in this, like I I'll put my hands up first, like the first person to admit that this is a type of spirituality I was practicing. Yeah. And the fourth thing that consumer spirituality does is that, um, it promotes overconsumption and materialism. So, um, um, you know, it, it, it teaches us that the universe is infinite. So we can manifest whatever we want. You know, think big. You know, you can have that big house of your dreams. But when that spiritual principle is tied to materialism, it only ends up reinforcing the vicious cycles of overconsumption that perpetuate um, poverty, racism, inequality, and um, corruption and environmental degradation around the world. So, um, you know, I just had this big, huge, like wake up call and uh, like, uh, like epiphany, like this type of consumer spirituality really is um, it's like a, it's like a product for privileged affluent Westerners essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's, I want to, I want to share, I want to, I want 
people to know about this because this is this is what happens when um, the dominating structures of consumer capitalism takes over everything and it has yep. taken over everything it's taken over um, medicine it's taken over law it's taken over education system it's taken over politics hello yep. right and it's such a powerful force that has taken over our spirituality without us even knowing it right and it yeah it, ends up inadvertently we end up when we practice consumer spirituality we end up inadvertently perpetuating these these vicious cycles so <laughs> i love this conversation this is exactly why i wanted to chat with you <laughs> so um that's a lot that's a yeah, lot it's that. a lot to take in right yeah that's a lot and also what's happening in the world is a lot and it's, it's all inextricably tied right now. Our um, overconsumptive habits mm -hmm. and the way that we um, really have become so hyper-individualized in our, the Western culture in particular, meaning we're so all about what's it, what's in it for me, what's in it for me, what's in it for me. And, um, you know, if this, if there's suffering and pain going on with my neighbor or my community or someone um, on the left side or the right side, you know, whatever side, quote unquote, you're on, or if there's pain and suffering across the world, we tend to um, think, well, that's, you know, that's not happening to me so it's not affecting me um but COVID 19 clearly has you know shown us and is continuing to show us that that false individualistic hyper individualistic belief is very very harmful right now yeah. and we're being forced in many ways to learn how to think about each other <laughs> which yeah. i love i think that that's one of the most positive things that has happened out of this is that yeah. the sense of community yeah that i have never seen and i've been to other countries and i am part of another culture um yeah. and it's incredible to see how we can and we're i'm, I'm going to say we as americans because that's what i am and can be part of this global community. Yeah, absolutely. So to answer your follow-up question, like what are three actionable steps? Um, well, let's say not to answer them. I think, you know, right now is a time where we are disrupting everything, the, yeah. our, our systems, our processes, the way that we normally, quote unquote, do things is being absolutely disrupted. Do you follow astrology? I do. Uranus is in Taurus. Uranus is in the house of Taurus and it entered, um, Uranus is the planet of like sudden erratic change. Yeah. And it entered the house of Taurus um, about two years ago. Taurus is all about foundational, it's, it's earth energy. Um, and when this planet is moving, it moves through the planets, the houses um, every seven years. So it's mm -hmm. a slow moving uh, planet. Uh, people have been talking about the next, you know, five, 10 years being a, a massive time of great upheaval and systems changing and things just absolutely turning, um, on its head and yeah. that's clearly happening right now i predict that um 
as all of these systems that we really heavily relied on for so long, as they um, crumble away. <laughs> you said I'm a truth teller. I'm not going to hold back, girl. All right. You do I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell y'all. This shit is breaking down, and it's been breaking down. And um, this is a. It, it, it's both very, very scary, and also very, very hopeful. There are several ways that things that can happen right now, but um, I do want to be very clear that staying in a positive place and ignoring what's actually going on in the world right now, that's more, more um, consumer spirituality. That's more spiritual bypassing. There is a real threat right now because mm -hmm. of these systems falling apart and because so many people are going to mis be misplaced that, I mean, it's already been predicted that we're going to enter into a depression. But when people are in a depressed state, that is where um, very, very powerful forces can come into play like fascism and people can step into power and take advantage of our state of depression. And um, we have to be hyper alert of that, you know, and um, on the other side, it, this is a, a potential um, time where because these systems have broken down, by the way, the last time Uranus moved through Taurus was um, when the New Deal was um, written with President Roosevelt in the 1930s. Wow. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be another time where masses, massive change mm -hmm. is going to be happening. Um, my, my one tip, not three, and it's not a, it's not a, um, actionable thing per se because mm -hmm. i think that's precisely the thing that we are um moving away from this idea that we have to continuously be taking action and doing 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 that's the consumer's culture of constantly producing and consuming and producing and consuming and um our we just can't sustain that any longer so all of that it's breaking down right well i think it's now time a time to pause and really think about, um, you know, what are the habits that are ingrained in me as a result of consumer capitalism? How I have I been participating and adding to um, the decline of our natural resources? That's a really hard question to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe that is really essentially like the missing piece in our cult in our like in our spirituality in the western world we're not willing to ask well how am i participating in this it's it's been more like well what can i get for myself rather than what am i doing to participate in the decline of um my community and the global community and our natural resources and i guarantee that most of us in this Western privileged society have been contributing tremendously, tremendously, um, just by um, the way that we constantly produce and consume and constantly doing, 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 and um, all of the comfortable kind of habits that we have. Uh, I mean, that's, that's all part of the consumer culture. And we are all going to be, we are all being asked currently to pause on all of that and take a step back and really think about what is truly essential at this time.
I love that. It is true about what is truly, I will say this from my perspective, what is truly essential. Mm -hmm. What do we need to be doing? And also what ways for me and for my business, I will say that giving back has been part of my mission since I started. Yeah. And how can um, individuals, how can companies, how can we participate in giving back? Mm -hmm. How can that be part of our essential part of being a community? Yes. Like there's like, so I think that the essential parts too are like, where can you, I love the pausing, but I also love the part about this is like, where can you step up in your life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Step up. I, and, and, um, the word that has come up for me in the last few days and it might change, but it's like the word, the word that's coming up for me is sacrifice. I really believe that that's what it's going to take, um, for our entire globe, like all of us, yeah. that there's going to have to be, everybody is going to ha- have to be able to um, think about what am I willing to sacrifice for my community, for the global community right now. Mm-hmm. And for every person, it's going to be different. It's, it, and so I, I think, you know, it's really important not to judge what other people are doing or not doing, right? Yeah. But, but because the consumer culture has really brainwashed us to think and believe that we're constantly in a need of scarcity and lack. Like, look around. We, we have, we're surrounded by abundance. We have everything that we need. Yet, there's this, like, insidious belief that runs through every poor person and rich person that I have seen, because I've worked with uh, all sorts of people. I've worked with millionaires who own wineries and property, and I've worked with, um, you know, broke, um, you know, single mothers who have lost everything. There's the one thing that I find common in the people that I'm working with is that they feel like they're not enough and they don't have enough, you know? And it's like, wow, how is it that people of all socioeconomic backgrounds have this same belief no matter what they have? And this is when I realized, oh, it's the it's this it's the culture that we're living in this this culture of of constant consumerism that makes us think and believe that if i don't have this if i haven't achieved that if i don't buy this then i'm not good enough and that's that's what we need to address and what we need to look at and move away from this place of scarcity and separation to the divine um, truth of sufficiency sufficiency the essentials like i am sufficient i have enough you know um the divine truth of sufficiency and oneness that we are all together and what what hurts me or what hurts my neighbor hurts me what hurts um you know my neighbor across the across the globe is also going to hurt me and vice versa it's incredible it's incredible because i have been a personal chef to billionaires yeah. Like I have, I've, and I also have worked at a food pantry. Yeah. So I have seen the world in very different ways and we are literally, and I will echo what you said. The things do not change us. Yeah. The actual things. And I learned this lesson a very long time ago and I'm so grateful 
for both my billionaire clients and both working at the food pantry because of those lessons really in my face at the same time yeah showed me that really it's all about what's inside and our inside world yeah absolutely absolutely i i i cannot agree with you more and that you know okay if we want another actionable step that that would be really something um, important for everyone to look at is, is, is connecting once again with that power, that source, that God, that spirit, that universe, that higher power that lives inside of us. Everything that we need, everything comes from that place, that source that already is inside of us. Um, and you know what, you know, who would hate that? Do you know who would hate that we become self-sufficient is the consumer culture. The consumer culture thrives off of us not having personal power. The consumer culture thrives off of our insecurities and fears because when we are insecure and when we're fearful, we're constantly looking outside of us. We're giving our power away to people's governments things outside of us, food, addictions, right? To, to feel good on the inside, but we have to switch that around and we need to switch it around quick. Y'all, we need to do it quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, agree. I agree. And I think I often get asked this question. So I think I'll throw this at you to, as a question, possibly. Um, I often get asked of like how to snack, how to, how to stop eating, like um, overeating, how to, um, because I'm a recovering binge eater and people will ask me this question. Often my response is that I work on my spiritual practice. That's yeah. my answer. That's my answer to most people that I work on my spiritual practice. I work on meditation. I work on feeling like really, and I'll put my hand on my chest um, for this, really just deeply feeling the emotions that I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, so I would love to, I guess, ask you that question of like, yeah, for in terms of addiction. So yeah. if anybody's, because I think that during COVID-19, um, I've been sober for almost seven years in May. Mm. Um, and I feel like I see this, like people are posting about AA or possibly drinking again or binge eating or not eating. Like these are all addictions. So yeah. what is, what is your take on that? Yeah, really, really good question. So I was addicted to, um, crack cocaine. I was addicted to cocaine, crystal meth. I was, um, um, using heavily and I smoked for 17 years. I quit all of it. So the thing that I did was to, first of all, um, going back to what we were saying, going inside and paying attention to how we feel is so important. What I did was I began to pay attention to how I felt after doing something. And as my awareness grew more and more, I began to realize, oh, wait a second. When I drink all night and smoke a pack of cigarettes the next day, I don't feel good. You know, and that sounds like, duh, no shit, Sherlock. But actually, when you're addicted to a substance, you, you're so numb to your feelings that you don't actually realize 
what's obvious. So, so that epiphany was huge for me. Like, Oh, I don't feel good the next day. And just that made me want to do it a little bit less and less because it didn't feel good to me. Yeah. And the thing I never did was try to force myself to quit anything. I ne- even, even though I got arrested and went to jail for dealing cocaine, um, and even though I went to a, uh, Narcotics Anonymous, I never forced myself to quit the drugs. All I did was continue to pay attention to how that stuff made me feel. And um, what happened was, I, I began to, um, there began to be more space in between the times that I smoked, for example, yeah, or that I sniffed cocaine because I was like, ah, oh, that doesn't really make me feel good. I don't actually need it right now. I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll wait till I really want it. And so that space began to grow uh, longer and longer. It would be like a day, for example, I'll take cigarettes. Cause that was like uh, such, I remember this, like, cause I smoked pack of cigarettes a day and I started smoking when I was 13 I mean it's thick now that I think about it um but I would you know one day of not smoking would have been like oh my god I can't believe I didn't smoke today and I would celebrate that yeah I would celebrate it and then the next day I'm feeling like crazy and I would smoke you know half a pack (laughs) right but then I'm like oh but this doesn't feel so good and then the next day I would be like I don't want to smoke today yeah. And then over time, it would go from one day to two days and then three days. And then I remember one time I didn't smoke for a fucking week. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, a, who am I? I haven't <laughs> smoked for one week. I mean, I literally was so amazed with yeah. myself. So amazed. And then, of course, I would open up a pack of cigarettes and I would smoke. But the thing is, and this is the key, is I would not punish myself. I would not punish myself for having that cigarette. Yeah. The time that kept growing in between my, you know, quote unquote relapses. <laughs> and that just grew and grew and grew from one day to one week to one month to several months to years. And, and so the key is to, is, to celebra- is to pay attention to how it makes you feel, one you will notice that it doesn't make you feel good. And so, by the way, I use the same process to, um, to stop um, sugar consumption too, which was really hard. Um, but I noticed whenever I consume sugar, like I would like break out in hives or something, or I would not, I would, my brain would be fuzzy. I wouldn't be able to focus as much. And so I'm paying attention to that. And I'm like, ah, I don't think I should have any sugar um, at least until dinner time, you know? So I lengthen the time. And then, um, I, so I would pay attention to how I'm feeling. And then secondly, I would lengthen the time. I would just wait a little bit longer until I have my next fix. Yeah. And then when I do have that next fix, I don't punish myself, but yet I praise the amount of time that has grown in between my fixes. Love that. I love that. (laughs) That's my unofficial official (laughs) method. I love you sharing your method because you have, my goodness, it's just so many things that you've worked on. Oh, girl, yes. Like, it's oh my just God. constant and um, in, in a lot of spiritual work, they say the work, and I call it the work too, but yeah. it's like the work, you have really shown up for the work. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. It's been work. 
It's been work. It absolutely has. And, um, you know, something really important to add to this, uh, because addiction runs in my family and I, and my father had a gambling addiction and drinking addiction. Um, and it, you know, I went to jail. I mean, I've got family who went to prison for this stuff too. Um, the other thing, once again, I'm, I'm going back to like, we have to look at a wider reference frame, a wider perspective of why so many of us are struggling with addiction. It's not your fault. You didn't come into this world and raise your hand and be like, I want to be a crack addict or I want to be a drug addict. I mean, and, or, or whatever, right. We have to be able to look at the larger social systems, um, and the larger perspective of why so many of us are feel such a huge void in our life that we can't that we're constantly looking for something outside of us to fill that void that is all part of the consumer culture addiction is hands down a result of the consumer culture this constant stress um, toxic belief that we have to constantly be doing 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 and if we're not doing that then we're a failure you know Think about how intense that, how toxic that belief is and how much it runs through the fabric of our society and hence why so many people are struggling with addiction and depression and mental health issues. This is not a thing for just, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the fringe people who are struggling with it. This is in our faces every single day. It's showing up in our schools. It's showing up as mass shootings. It's showing up as... Um, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Americans are 14 trillion in debt. 14 trillion in debt. That is a, a clear sign of where our collective consciousness lies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we have to look at the larger, like look at the systems and social systems, political systems, um, economic systems that are causing us to be in that pain. Girl, you got me fired up. <laughs> I, you are so fired up. I love it. But it comes down to a simple concept, I think, too, is that we're constantly looking outside of ourselves for yes, the absolutely. Constantly, there's a, this constant quest to try to fill whatever inside yep. of us with things, anything, with anything. It doesn't matter. Like it could be food, it could be drugs, it could be sex, it could be whatever. It could be Facebook likes, it could be social media shares. It could, it's all of that. Any of that could be that we're trying to fill uh, because we are not accepting the fact that we are whole just yes. because we exist. Just because yes. we are here, we are whole, we exist, we are worthy. And I yeah. think when it comes down to worthiness too. It's like, we are worthy. I had a friend that said this, we are worthy simply because we exist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like we don't need to do or think or say, or like be anything else except for who we who are. We are. Yeah. <laughs> and who we are. This is the beauty of a powerful, powerful spiritual practice. When you're, when you're, on a spiritual practice and this is um you know the part of why consumer spirituality is um is dangerous is because it, it it's it, consumer spirituality becomes um an ego soothing drug instead of an ego dissolving journey 
And that's what the true, true spiritual practice looks like. It's not about attainment. It's not about becoming more, doing more, getting more, all of that. It's actually this process of spirituality is about letting go letting go again and again and again my ideas of what i'm supposed to look like my ideas of what my body's supposed to look like letting that go letting um, go of my idea of what a successful woman looks like letting that go letting um, my idea of what uh, a happy family is supposed to quote unquote look like what does wealth look like what does success look like all of those ideas um that have been uh, largely impacted from the consumer culture is 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 um telling it's it's all ego it's telling our ego that we need to mold ourselves to look this way talk this way present ourselves this way have this much money and do it this way otherwise we're not good enough so this spiritual practice is about letting all of those beliefs go one at a time and that's hard do you know how hard it's fucking man how hard it was for me to be like oh wait so my dream of creating a six or seven figure business that's not what i that's not what my true spiritual calling i mean like that was a mind fuck for me (laughs) i was like but i wanted that and i thought that's what i was supposed to do as a spiritual entrepreneur and but, you can think about it and uh, have positive thoughts about it every yes. day and manifest it, write it down yeah. every day. Yeah, I know. And you know, like uh, that. So I really want to acknowledge people who are going through this journey. Like what you're saying, Carla, is that it's not easy going through that. Like unlearning capitalism is a thing, and it's and this is something I. I, you know, I help my students through in the school of my confidence, but it's actually a thing and it's very, it's, it shakes you up from the core and, um, it, you go through an existential crisis. It's, it's painful. Yeah. Um, but if, if you are listening to this podcast right now and you are entering into that or you are in it, I want to let you know that you are truly practicing um, a spiritual journey right now. This is what a spiritual journey looks like. It is not rainbows and unicorns and happy prayers and meditations and beads and all that stuff. It is something that comes in and it dissolves your ego and it's not pretty. And con- so congratulations for sticking to this <laughs> because you will come out on the other side. You will. My goodness, Kat. I could talk to you all day. I know. <laughs> this is like a three-hour podcast. <laughs> I love you. And I'm going to end it on that because I want to also encourage and we'll, I'm going to ask you, like, how can we find you? How can we work with you? Because if anybody, this is even, and I like to say, if you even have a poppy seed, now think of how small a poppy seed is. If you even have a poppy seed of interest in this, you want to go follow Kat. You oh. want to go work with her because um, this is something that I've worked on for the last 20 years myself. Um, so I'm deeply into this conversation. But if you're just starting out, um, I want to remind people that this is a journey. And Kat said that a number of times, this is a journey. This is a practice. This is not something that you dive into all at once. And if you want to learn more, Kat, where can we find you? 
Oh, beautiful. Um, you can find me at katkim.com, of course, um, K-A-T-K-I-M.com. Um, but what I uh, have recently started is, um, so I, I have one foot in the door, and I think I'm being called into it more and more and more, but I'm being called into ministry. So I have, um, oh. I have I've completed, I mean, it's like, it's, it takes years to go through this, and I've completed yeah. half of it. I've got my first license as a spiritual practitioner. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't need to wait until I'm a licensed or, you know, minister. I, I can start sharing these teachings and these lessons now. I've started something called um, my weekly unsermon. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not your conventional uh, minister or spiritual teacher by any means. <laughs> But I, I do it. believe in a higher power. I do believe in um, something called God that exists in each and every one of us. And it expresses itself in all of us as absolute divine power and intelligence. And I really believe that that's who we truly are. So I started something called Unsermon. And um, it's just going to be a weekly gathering of um, nonconformist spiritual seekers and misfits and change makers where I just I share you know, spiritual teachings and life lessons. You can go to catkim.com forward slash unsermon. It's pretty much sermon with the un. <laughs> oh my God. I have loved having you on here. Okay. So there will be show notes so that we can put uh cat's article. We can put her website. Um, You'll have my website. Again, I'm at Chef Carla underscore C on Instagram. That is where I am most. Um, I have Cook and Chop Online Cooking School. Right now, if you're listening in April, I am giving 50% of full price proceeds to Grown YC. Um, they are setting up farmer's markets in New York City. They are doing incredible work. I'm also partnered with Grow NYC. I give Cook and Chop to college students at Hunter College in New York City so that they can learn basic cooking skills and knife skills. I'm also doing a lot of different work with Cook and Chop because that is part of my mission is to give back and is one of the things that I view in terms of hospitality. It's my greatest pleasure to give back to people. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And again, if you have just a poppy seed of interest in spirituality, go find Cat, go find Unsermon, and I hope that you and yours are staying well. Bye. Bye, everyone.